0: Good morning, church family. How are we doing today? Excited? Maybe. We just came out of a slow song. Come on. (laughs) Put the energy down. Let's go. Well, hey, my name is Ben. I'm the lead pastor here at the church, and I wanted to update you on some neat things that are happening here at the church. Depending on how you pulled into the parking lot, you might have seen it or you might have missed it. Depending on whether you're observant or not observant, you might have missed it or might have seen it. Uh, But you might have noticed that we have uh, been doing some work on the outside of the church building. We've got scaffolding up and uh, some of the stone has been taken down around uh, the doors. And we are beginning to resurface the building. And uh, I really think that it's going to make it look just uh, amazing. It's going to look just like our uh, offices and student buildings right next door. And so that'll just keep continuing. Also this week... Uh, we're, doing some, uh, we're having some painting, painting done uh, in the church as well, and so uh, hopefully by next week, these walls will be a little bit different color, actually, all right? But lots of neat things that are going on here, and really just want to say a huge thank you to all of you. Because of your generosity, we're able to continue to keep the church updated and looking good as well, and doing so many other things as well here in our community and around the world. Well, hey, if I was to ask you, if I was to ask you, what's your favorite restaurant? What's your favorite restaurant? I'm, I'm guessing some of you would uh, have a, a vote. My kids right away would vote Chick Fil A. Any other parents, their kids would vote Chick Fil A in here. Maybe, maybe a few. But if you were to ask me, what I would say emphatically is that Wings, etc., is my favorite restaurant. All right, Wings. In, any other Wings fans in here? All right. I I have five kids and on my fourth kid, my boy, that was my wife's pregnancy craving was wings. It was a glorious craving, all right? But Wings, et cetera, became my restaurant growing up. Me and my buddies, we would go to this restaurant, we would eat it. They had the best curly fries, and they had, uh, I feel like, little larger than normal chicken wings. Like, I don't know if the farmer, like, had, like, a workout zone for the chickens or something, but, like, these chicken wings were just a little more meaty. And we'd go in there, and we would eat until we're sick. And, and my specific flavor was tweener sauce, all right? It's a mix of, of mild and hot together, and it just made this orange goodness. I don't know what made it orange, but it, it looked great, all right? And I, I would talk to people about this all the time. When I left home and I went to college about 10 hours away, so I, I grew up in Indiana, I went to college. Uh, I would tell some friends about this, and one time uh, I had this friend named Smitty. He's a comedian now, but he uh, he was like, hey, I'm, I'm going back to Indiana. I'm like, dude, you've got to try wings, and he went, and he tried it. He loved it, right? Uh, and there was another time I was playing soccer, and we normally wouldn't travel that far on the soccer team, but we went to Chicago once, and we're, we're playing soccer there, and my parents are like, all right, I'll, we'll make the two and a half hour trip, and Even though uh, it was a two and a half hour trip, they brought me wings, right? They were about five hours old at that point, but I still, I loved it and I was so excited. And anytime I got a chance, when I heard that somebody was going towards Indiana, I'm like, you've got to try out this restaurant because I was just that passionate about it. And uh, the, the funny thing, it was always easy for me to talk to people about that passion, And today, as we talk about how do we share Jesus, it can be that easy. Us just saying, hey, this is something that I love. This is something that I care about. Let me tell you about Jesus. But so often, we, we make it a lot more complicated than that. You know, this uh, is our final week in our Red Letter Challenge, and uh, I think that I, I've been hearing that groups have been blessed, individuals have been blessed as we've been going through this series. We've got two more weeks in small groups, but today, as we finish out, we're we're talking about going. This idea that hey, we need to take the message of Jesus out, and and for a lot of us, I think that this may be the one that is most difficult for us, this idea of going. You know when we think about our, our other five topics that we've covered so far, um, we can kind of do those sometimes without involving other people necessarily, right? when we When we talk about being, this idea of spending time with Jesus, hey, that that's between us and him. When it comes to forgiving, you know, sometimes, right, if if you can't make amends with that person, it's just you saying, all right, I'm, I'm going to forgive this person, and, and you can kind of do that on your own. Or, or when we talk about this uh, idea of serving, you're like, all right, I'm, I'm kind of uh, providing a service for somebody. It doesn't have to be awkward. I can just do something for them and, and kind of get away, and I don't have to, like, have too much contact. Or we talk about giving, you can do that in secret as well. But when it comes to going, this idea of, taking Jesus to somebody, sharing Jesus with someone, it can begin to get kind of nerve-wracking because we feel like we have to have all the answers for something that you can't have all the answers for. Right? Jesus' ways are, are way above our ways. And we're never going to know everything we need to know about him. And, and that begins to make us feel like, wait, I don't know enough. I can't, I can't share with him. But my hope is that by the end of today, all of us would feel like we are equipped to talk to somebody about Jesus. To begin to, to share with other people about him. See, so often when we think about going, what we think about is, is missions. And our church, you know, we've recently had the opportunity to help uh, this mission called Nourishing the Nations to be able to begin building uh, a, a chapel actually. And, and just last month, we began to, to be able to fund this. And man, they build fast over in Africa. All right. I, w- I wanted to show you uh, what this looks like right now. And so this is their chapel that, that we were just, uh, through uh, the generosity of our congregation, able to pay for. And then the next, I think we have one more picture right here. And so they're getting the walls up. They're getting uh, the ceiling on to this chapel. And a lot of times when we think about going, we think about doing something like this hey, we're, we're providing money or we're going to Mexico or to Africa or somewhere to talk to people about Jesus. But when we look at it in the Bible, we see that, that really people being sent, it could be to your neighbor's house, right? It could be uh, to your workplaces. It could be to your family. It could be something uh, international as well. But this idea of going is... is is this idea that, hey, it, it's not just international missions, but it's us being willing to talk to people about Jesus and what he means to you and, he, and what he means for this world as well. And, you know, uh, St. Francis of Assisi said it this way, and you're probably familiar with this quote. He said, preach the gospel, and if necessary, use words preach the gospel, and if necessary, use words. And a lot of times we think about this quote from the the stance of, all right, I'm going to serve. And and by me living my life for Jesus, people are going to see Jesus. But that last part's important as well when he says, uh, if necessary, use words. What happens when we do need to uh, enter into a conversation with somebody about Jesus? What happens when you feel that Holy Spirit nudge on your heart saying, hey, Bring Jesus up. Talk to him about what's going on in their life. How do, how do we react to that? You know, uh, Peter actually says something very similar uh, to um, St. Francis in, in this way. In 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 11, he says this. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. Or other uh, translations would say, speak as the mouthpiece of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Right. So uh, in this, Peter's laying out. He says, "Hey, when, when you speak, we should speak uh, as if we're speaking the words of God. When when we serve, we we should serve." In the name of the Lord, essentially, it's saying here. And and it's a little easier for us to do that serving part. It's a little bit harder sometimes to say, hey, I'm going to speak as if I'm speaking the mouthpiece of God and and sharing him in that type of way as we are living for God. But what does this look like? Because here's, here's what we see. Throughout the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John we, we see Jesus uh, preparing his disciples to be able to do this, and then at the end of it, we see him calling his disciples and I believe calling us as well to continue to preach this message, to continue to be going out and sharing Jesus with other people. Uh, for instance, in Matthew chapter four, at the very beginning when when he calls when Jesus calls his disciples, what we see is that he, he's calling them automatically into saying, hey, you're not going to be just following me, but you're going to be doing something specific. And and, uh, I don't know if you guys have heard about this show called The Chosen yet. Anybody in here heard this? It's so good. It's this series uh, about the life of Jesus. You can download the app and and watch these shows, but I love how um, this story is depicted in that Uh, show called the chosen where it's looking at jesus's life but it says this in matthew chapter 4 verses 18 and on this is when jesus is calling his first disciples he says as jesus was walking beside the sea of galilee he saw two brothers simon called peter and his brother andrew they were casting a net into the lake for they were fishermen come follow me jesus said and i will send you out To fish for people. Kind of an awkward statement here, right? And then he goes on. He'll call uh, James and John as well right after this. But but he calls them. He says, all right, you fishermen, you're fishing for fish right now. Come follow me, Jesus says. And in following me, what are they going to do? They're going to fish for men. Jesus isn't just interested in them following him, learning from him. But he's interested in them doing that so that they can help other people come to know him. Right? Our relationship with Jesus is not just about our relationship with Jesus. Our relationship with Jesus should be something that causes other people to help to get to Jesus as well. Think about it this way, right? Since we're talking about fishermen. What if somebody said, hey, I'm a fisherman. Like, I, I fish. Like, I, you, you can call me that. And you're like, oh, what's the biggest fish you ever caught? Is it, is it like a minnow? Like, what, is, it, is it something huge? Like, oh, no, I've never caught a fish before. Oh, so what, what's, the, what's your favorite reel that you use? Uh, uh, I, I don't have any fishing equipment, but I'm, I'm a fisherman. Right? We were like, you're not a fisherman. What are you talking about? Right? In the same way, can I ask us this? If you're like, hey, I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm a follower. It's like, hey, who have you talked to about Jesus? Who have you shared your faith with? You're like, no, I'm a follower of Jesus. I haven't, but I'm a follower of Jesus. Now, here's what I want us to, to see. Here's what I want to see. It does look different for each of us, right? Like, we can look at some people and be like, you're so good at inviting people. You're so good at, you're like an extrovert and you can just like talk to people. That, that That's not how, you know, you might be thinking, that's not how God made me. That's okay. Because this is going to look different for each and every one of us about how God wants us to share our faith. But the question is... Are we in this place where we're saying, hey, I'm a follower of Jesus, but we never think about sharing our faith. We never think about who we should talk to, about the creator of heaven and earth who came to die and save all people's sins. Right? We, we've got to pause and say, am I really following them? Because when Jesus called these fishermen, right, he says, hey, you're not going to just be a fisherman anymore. You're going to be a fisher of men. You're going to be doing this for me, and I believe that for all of us, we have that call in our lives. and In some type of way, God wants us to do that, and he's going to use you in different ways for it. But are we open to saying, all right, Jesus, I'm going to live for you. I'm not just going to be content with doing all the other four things that we've already talked about, but I'm going to be about going as well. You know, Jesus would continue to train and teach his disciples. He would even send them out at times to, to go in and, and lead and talk to, that they could talk to people and even they would get to heal people at times. But when Jesus, at the end of his ministry, was getting ready to ascend into heaven, we see recorded in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and in Acts that, that Jesus has this similar call that, that is calling them, and I believe us as well, to say, go. Go tell people about me. Let, let's check this out together. Matthew chapter 28 says there, Therefore, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And I will be with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus is saying, hey, Go, right? He wants us to go do what? Make disciples. As we get followers of Jesus, then those disciples, they'll say, all right, I follow Jesus, and then they're going to take the step of getting baptized. Then he says in Mark sixteen fifteen, he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. How about in Luke? He says this, repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. Then in John, again Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And then Acts 1.8 says this, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea, in all, or in all Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. How neat is it, right, that, that in each of these recordings that we see that Jesus, that all these writers pulled out this part towards the end of Jesus's life saying, this is part of what it looks like to follow me now, right? And, and here's the neat thing. We, we saw it a few times in there. We're not doing it alone. It's not your own strength. It's not your own mind right? It's still Jesus. It's still God partnering with us. When we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, right? The Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of us, and he's our power. He's our strength. Those moments where you're like, I'm too scared, or I don't know what to say, or I don't know what to do. God's like, I got you, right? And even when you fumble all over it, sometimes the the Spirit comes in, and he still completely takes care of it. It's amazing to be able to see how God works in that way. But here's what we do, I think. So often we, we understand this side of it, but we get scared. We overcomplicate We overcomplicate what God is trying to, to call us into. We're like, no, I, I need to have like a PhD in, in the Bible theology in order to, to talk to somebody about Jesus. I don't think that it's that hard i i I don't think that we need to to have all the information think about this for a moment right when when christianity was was blowing up when when people were learning about jesus for the first time this first couple hundred years they didn't have somebody like oh is that what the bible says like they didn't have a bible to turn to they, they had letters that were being written. They, they had information that was out there. But mostly what people were doing was saying, hey, did you hear about this man named Jesus? Do you know what he did in my life? And people were coming to faith like crazy. Not because they were saying, oh, I know all the information that's in here. No, they're saying, he changed my life. That's what was happening in the first hundred or a couple hundred years as people were following Jesus and learning about the true Savior. It doesn't have to be you having all this information. Here's what I would have us think about. Have you guys ever heard about uh, the website or the app called Yelp? Right? A Yelp review. It basically, right. If you're looking up a, a restaurant, or or you're looking up uh, something that you want to get food uh, for, then then you'll look up Yelp and you'll see, hey, what did people think about this restaurant? How many stars did it get? Right. And and so often we think that we need to have like this information where we can tell you emphatically, hey, here's what the Bible says. I have these verses memorized, and this is how you get from point A of not knowing Jesus to point B of, man, you're a full believer in him. But instead of knowing all the information, what I would say is this. People just need to hear your Yelp review. People just need to hear your idea of Man, what has Jesus done for me, right? So if you were to go to my favorite restaurant, Wings, et cetera, right? And you were like, Ben was right. Greatest wing place ever, woo! And you got so excited and you downloaded this and you typed it in, best wing place ever. Other people would see that and they would go there as well, right? The same thing's true for us. Instead of you feeling like you've got to know all the information to tell somebody about Jesus, Here's what you need to know. You need to know your story. Your story. What difference has Jesus made in your life? Why are you in church today? And I realize that that some of you, you're, you're in here and Jesus hasn't made that difference yet. And we're so glad that you're a part of that. But if you're like, hey, I've been going to church for a while now. I've been a believer in Jesus for a while. Think about your story. Why do you keep pursuing him? Why do you love Jesus? Why do you care about uh, choosing to walk in his ways? That's what you begin to share with people. You give them the Yelp review of your life instead of all the information that's out there. Now you should be studying, you should be reading the word. But it doesn't have to be that complicated. So here's what I would invite you to do. I would invite you to start thinking about, all right, number one, what is my story? What is my story in God? But then with that too, here's what you need to be doing, is you need to make sure that you're doing what we've talked about the first four weeks of this study. Because if we're not connecting personally with God, we're going to find ourselves saying, I don't really have much of a story. I just feel like I'm kind of going through the motions. I don't feel like he's making a difference in my life. You know, um, there was this lady uh, that was in my, the last neighborhood that I lived in, and, and her name was Anne. And Anne was this uh, sweet woman that was in her retirement years, but when she talked to you, you couldn't get through a conversation without her talking about Jesus, right? She was just, it was so neat to be able to connect with her. And, and when she talked about Jesus, y- you felt like that she had just got done having tea with him, Right? Like that was what her relationship with Jesus was like, and and, and she would as, as she would bless my kids with conversations, bless me with conversations. Uh, she would oftentimes talk about people that she was t- telling about Jesus. She's like, "Oh, I went to that thrift store. I talked to that lady about Jesus," you know. And she would just on and on. But it was so amazing. What made it so neat was that relationship that you could see that she had with Jesus. And I think that when, when you've been a, a, maybe a Christ follower for a while, you're like, you know what, my, my life's just always been, this has been my story. Sometimes you might look at your life and say, well, I don't know what's different. I've just always lived for Jesus. I encourage you to kind of tap into that. Hey, how do I invest in that relationship with him? And then how do I think, what would my life be different if I didn't have him in my life? Right, and as you begin to ask that question, you start to realize, when you talk to somebody about, about Jesus, you get to share, man, I bet my life would be a train wreck if I hadn't been pursuing him. I bet I'd be off the rails if I if I didn't have parents that invest me in this way or uh, a life group that I was a part of, right? Think about these things. But then the last thing is this. I'd have you think about uh, how does God want your story to interact with somebody else's story? Because once you realize, all right, I do have a Yelp review story that I can give to people about my relationship with Jesus. The other thing is we need to lock into the fact that if you don't have this burden on your heart to actually go and talk to people about Jesus, that who's going to? People are going to go to hell if they don't have people saying, I'm going to be the mouthpiece of Jesus. We see in uh, Romans chapter 6 verse 23 that that Jesus says, or not Jesus, but Paul writes, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So we see in this first part that what the the payment or the the problem with our sin is that it causes death, and not just uh, death here on this earth, but we know that we have this eternal separation from God. But we also know this good news, that, that there is a gift from God, and that's eternal life with Him in heaven. As we really need to tap into this, because sometimes we get so caught up with life, we get so caught up with pursuing God that we forget that God wants to use you. You're part of God's story to help bring other people to know Him. That's why, God, that's why I always think about this when, when we're looking at a room like this. You're sitting here today. Because other people kept the message of Jesus going forward. And we've got to be that as well. And we've got to have this burden in our heart saying, man, I, I want people to know about Jesus. And if you're in here today and you're saying, man, I, I've sinned, but I've never accepted eternal life. Man, today could be the day that you take that step. Today could be the day that you say, Jesus, I believe in you, but I'm sinful. And Jesus, I don't want to be separated from you. Jesus, I want to accept you as my Lord and Savior. Forgive me of my sins. Praying that prayer to Jesus, it's just that simple. And Jesus, through his death on the cross, comes in and he erases our sin. And we get to experience that last part of that verse that says that we get to have eternal life in heaven with him. I'd say this today, church. I I would love for us to really consider, man, what's your story? How is God pushing you to say, man, start talking to people about him? But if you've never taken that first step of accepting Jesus, would you consider doing that today? Uh, We're we're gonna sing a a song that we sang earlier uh, right now. And as we sing this song, if you're saying, you know what? I wanna accept Jesus Christ. I'm gonna be right up here I would love to be able to talk with you on that. Also, we'll have elders up here. If you're wanting prayer for something that's going on in your life or you just need to talk to somebody, uh, they will be up here for you to be able to connect with as well. But church, can I invite you to stand and let's worship our Savior now.